people. Amen. Who had an opportunity to be with us for one or multiple sessions with Hal and Debbie Perkins this last week? Would anyone just say that that was an unbelievable time? Would you just say, woohoo, give me a shout or something? I mean, I had just a, it was an amazing week. And it is my intention today to just continue the conversation. Is that okay? I don't want to just discipleship conference. I mean, we had 6 a.m. morning sessions every day. And then I had a personal session for two to four hours every day with Hal, where he just straightened me out and helped me a lot. And then every night we had an hour and a half session, and then we had after, after sessions every night, all week, all gathered around the idea that Jesus doesn't just want us to experience a Christianity that looks like this. We pray a prayer so we can go to heaven someday, and then we live like we want to between the two dates. But that God's vision for us as his followers is way more beautiful in all of life than that. And all week, Hal had just, uh, just incredible, Hal and Debbie, just incredible just insight into what it means to be a person that follows after God. And so we want to continue the conversation today. Jesus said this. You're going to have to lead me. Justin, just lead me as I go. Jesus said this in that next slide. Um, Read this with me. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. So the the, the idea today that I want us to continue as we start a a new series on Mother's Day of all days, um, which is perfect, because when, when you and I put our faith in Jesus, Scripture tells us in John chapter three that we are born again. And it sounds like weird language, but really what it means is this. It means when we turn to Jesus, acknowledge that he is the Lord, acknowledge that he is the the only one fit to rule the world and our world and our life, and we bring our brokenness and our sin, we bring our doubts and our fears, we bring our good, our bad, and our ugly, and we acknowledge that he alone is Lord. Scripture tells us that when we do that, that was a big, long description of repentance. And then we faith, we trust in him. He says that we're born again. And what that means is that everything now in our new life in Christ is new. Say that with me. Say new. All of it, how we think, how we act, how we experience relationships with each other, our relationships with ourself, with God, and our neighbor, and our family, and our finances, and our gifts, and our desires, and our abilities, and our will, and our emotions. When Jesus said we're born again, he literally means everything is new now in light of who I am and who I am in you and with you. If you could just say amen, I'll keep going. And so when Jesus finds these guys, these disciples, and he says, come and follow me, he literally meant I'm going somewhere, and I'm inviting you in on what I'm doing. That's a pretty good gig if you ask me. Next slide, if you would, Justin, until I get this thing working again, because it was working earlier, and now it's not working. Isn't that fun? Everyone say, isn't that fun? That's just how it's supposed to work. Jesus went up on a mountainside, look at this, and he called to him those he wanted, 
they came to him and he appointed 12, designating them to be apostles, which just means they were sent ones. That's what it means. They were sent out with Jesus for Jesus. That they might be, read it with me, with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Now, just some clarification. We're starting a new series that I, I don't know, it may last six weeks or eight weeks, but how really drilled it in me, and I had to work through some guilt, um, that's, I told, anyway, because he was saying we put so much hope, or we put so much effort in just Sunday, which is good, we should, about our teaching. I mean, look, I have a presentation today. Aren't you proud of me? He rubbed off on me. But he said, unless we actually get down to the nitty gritty of life and actually train and coach each other, perpetually we will sit for 40 years and hear messages, but our lives will almost be no further along the road to actually looking like and loving and serving and being like Jesus. So how eloquently had to say that for like seven sessions in a row. So I wanted to start a new series today called Basic Training. Everyone say Basic Training where we're just gonna train, we're gonna look at some of the elemental things about what it means to follow Jesus because I don't wanna just preach messages, I don't wanna grow our church numerically because they like the style or they like the building or they like the preaching. I want us to grow because people who are coming are being transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus and who are living such irresistible loving lives out there that we couldn't keep them out of here. That's a different goal than just wanting to put on an amazing show. I want it to be amazing, I promise, I really do. But way more so, I want you to be amazing. I want your life to be so compelling. And Hal said it over and over and over again. For us to be transformed, it's gonna take some training. Say training. So just for some terminology, I was looking this up today or this week in my study. Look at this with me in the next slide. For the word disciple, say disciple. We don't use it a ton today, but in the scriptures has 299 results in how many verses? 285 verses. Let me hear you say, gulp. That's amazing. The phrase, the way, which you'll find all throughout the book of Acts, it was the shorthand label that those who followed in the way, Jesus, they were called followers or those who belonged to the way. In other words, it was an entire way of life, which is an amazing way to actually describe those who are walking with Jesus. That's used five times in five verses. That's still pretty good. I, I, would, I think that we, should, we could resurrect that. Hey, I'm a, we belong to the way. We're following. We're becoming a kind of people. And then the word Christian, I'm not bagging on it, but just for the sake of scriptural clarity, the word Christian has three results in three verses. And here's the bummer. We've adopted this one that only has got three verses, and I'm not anti-calling ourselves Christian. But did you know that even when it was used in the book of Acts for the first time, it was those who weren't followers of Jesus that looked at those who claimed to follow him. They looked so much like Jesus, there was actually a slander. They called them little Christs. But we've adopted it as a label, and I'm Christian because I prayed a prayer. I'm getting out of here someday to go to heaven. And I want you to know that is not God's vision for what it means to follow him. So in our new series on basic training, I want to use a ton of the word disciple. Next slide. The word disciple just simply means a follower or an adherent, a student of a master or leader or teacher. 
And it's used almost 300 times to describe those who didn't just pray an invisible prayer and their, when no one was looking and then they lived their own lives how they wanted to, but those who heard the call of Jesus, we started with in, in Matthew 4, and who followed Jesus and viewed their, their lives and themselves as his students, as those who acknowledged that he is their teacher, not just for some cool Bible facts, but for an entirely new life. So a good working definition of a disciple is this. Read that last part with me. Someone who is following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and who is committed to the mission of Jesus. Is that pretty good? You can take a screenshot if you want, or I'll get you the notes after the the, the message on our website. Go ahead to this next verse. Jesus said this in Matthew 10. I love this. The student is not above the teacher nor a servant above his master, but it's enough, say it's enough, for students to be like their teachers and servants like their, do you see it here? Jesus is saying, guys, if your objective as my students is to just be like me, it goes on to say later in the presentation, it's gonna unpack that just by way of review of our entire conference we just had, but Jesus is saying, guys, I'm not the kind of teacher that just sits in a classroom that gives you some cool, interesting facts and then that's all I'm looking for. No, 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 no. I'm your teacher that literally wants to walk with you every moment of your day so that you can learn not just some stuff in your head, but your whole life will begin to resemble and reflect not just what I say, but who I am. I'm your teacher. Next slide, please. We are, I love this, I had so much fun reflecting on this metaphor of teacher and student, which is what disciples are, they're students. Look at some of these reflections I had. We're students of an entirely new way of life, I've already said that. It's an entirely new way of relating to God, to ourselves, and to others. And I love this, though I had fun with the Lord as I was just studying and thinking. As students, we're learners of a very specific curriculum, and what is that curriculum? Come on, help me out. I made it really big so you'd know. Jesus, we are not just studying. We Listen, I'm a person of the Bible. I love it. I've got a lot of it memorized. I've read it since I was a lot. I love it. I'm going to read it the rest of my life. But we, this book points to a person. It points to Jesus. Amen? Did you know this book is not about really about us? It's about him, but yet because he's so amazing, he includes us in his plan and purpose. But our curriculum is not just some facts to try to be decent people. No, as students, we are super devoted and serious to learning about and to becoming like our curriculum, Jesus. I like that. Next verse, next slide, please. I was thinking about being students and this part I didn't so much like because I don't like tests. But as students, I was having fun with this metaphor. Look at this. And how many would say amen to the first one? We have tests every day and all throughout the day. Come on, how many ever get tested as a student throughout your day? You got temptation, you got adversity, you've got difficulty. Your wife, on an off chance, wasn't perfect for a moment one time during the day. Or your husband, get out of that hot water because it's Mother's Day. (laughs) But as students, we have tests all the time. But how many know the enemy tests us so that we'll get an F, but God allows tests so that as we look to him, we get A's. So he doesn't test us because he's rude or grumpy or mean. In fact, James 1 tells us he doesn't tempt us. It's not him who's ever tempting us, but he's faithful. And then look at this. 
Not only do we have tests, but we are to test everything in light of our curriculum, in light of Jesus. We have specific, I love it. Think with me again. I, I hope it connects with you because it connected with me, the metaphor, the extended metaphor. We have specific assignments each day. Anyone remember when you were in school? Anyone wish you didn't remember? Or you do remember? You got homework. You got stuff to do. Loving God, loving self, loving others, loving the church, loving the world, loving those far from God, near God. We are students. I love this. Let's keep going. As students, we have a specific objective and a project. What are those? What's the great commandment? Someone shout it out for me. And love your neighbor as yourself, right? And then the great commission. All authority is given to me. Going, I should have had it on the screen, but you kind of know it. Some of you have been in church for a long time, but to go out and to make other students of the way of Jesus in all the earth. So we have an objective as students. We have projects. Did you know that Jesus is not just our teacher? He's very, very strategic. He has an objective, and he's got a very specific end in mind as we sign up to become those who follow him for all of our life. And here's one of my favorite things as I was reflecting on being a student of Jesus. We have an ever-present teacher, tutor, helper, guide, comforter, and a lot more for every step of the journey. And what's his name? The Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of truth. I could give you a bunch of verses, but as students, I want you to know this ain't just learning calculus 202 on your own. This is learn how to live as a child of my Father, as a citizen of my kingdom, but you got help every step of the way. The help is not just with you presently. The help has gone before you. The help is covering your back where you didn't know you needed it. How many know the Spirit is with us? He's not just with us, Jesus said. He is in us. So this is basic training. Disciples used almost 300 times. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna press into that word and we're going to continue. I don't want to just have a conference and then, oh, that was nice. And oh, well, we're going to press into this thing because my life is transformed as a result of our time. I mean, completely transformed. And hopefully that's going to be more than words. You're going to see it. I know I could speak for many of us. Read this verse with me, this next slide. One, two, three, go. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. I know if many of you are with us, you're like, that's review. Well, I know it's review. That's why I'm saying it. He's the curriculum. Jesus. Jesus is. You're not just a Christian where you get a label. Man, I'm calling you to be my disciple, my, a learner, a student, one who follows me in all of life. Jesus is saying, I actually care about all of it. I want to be involved. I want to walk with you. And I want you to walk and be like me. Henry Now, and I stumbled across this, this quote. I just love this quote from his book, Compassion. Read this with me. Disciples are living manifestations of God's presence in this world. That's good enough to quote, isn't it? What do we mean by disciple? We don't mean by arrogant, know-it-alls that can quote the Bible or this or that. No, they're living manifestations of God's presence in the world. How many would say that would be a pretty good thing? We need manifestation of God's presence in this world. And where we get into trouble, Richard, I'm thinking of some quotes, I'm not gonna quote them. We get into trouble is when we claim one thing, but then it don't look so much like we're claiming. No one's ever struggled with that in their life, so let's just, only me, clearly. 
So Jesus says this as our teacher. I love this invitation to students today. Come to me, all of you. Hey, who is this class? Who is this? Who, who is an, a potential student? All of you who are already got your stuff figured out, A pluses, you're already on the honor roll. No, 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 no. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and what? Whoa. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We need basic training, don't we, on how to live this thing out. We need to learn, not just in our heads, but practices, practically, of what it means to be a student of Jesus. And that's my heart. That's my entire aim this morning, is to continue the conversation. You'll be able to get all of those teachings from the conference online. I'll do that by tomorrow. You can check our website and our podcast. You'll hear them. And so the real question is, if I need training and Jesus is my curriculum, how did Jesus walk? This is all review for the next three minutes, so just have fun with me, okay? How did Jesus walk? Well, first of all, he did nothing apart from his father. Read that verse with me. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing. So he did nothing alone. What else? He said nothing apart. Read it with me. I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. I love this. These are directly from hell. He, he also made no judgments or came to any conclusions apart from checking in with his Father. Read it with me. By myself, I can do, I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. So I don't do anything, I don't say anything, I don't come to conclusions. Jesus never committed the root of all sin, which is the brokenness of relationship, of independence, and of pride, looking to ourselves instead of submitting to and looking to see what God thinks. So how did Jesus walk? He walked in relationship, say relationship, unbroken relationship with his father. The only one in history, that's amazing. Come on, think about how many times we don't check in. Anyone? A summary could be said like this. I, I, I love this. Jesus' whole life was lived in loving obedience to the Father and then constant reliance upon the power of the Holy Spirit. That's our job description. But we need training and help to get there. Amen? Amen. So we could say it like this. Jesus' whole life was one constant prayer. Now, when you hear prayer... I've been around the block a few times in the church world. Most of the time when you think about prayer, do you immediately have to fight off feelings of guilt because you don't think you do it enough or know how? Come on, is anyone gonna be honest today? Or, oh, prayer, and all these guys gotta quote these old saints that just talk about praying all the time, and then Jesus is always praying, and prayer meetings are usually super small. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. But I want you to know, I hope today that the, the mold that you think of, because we're doing basic training stuff, and if basic training 101 is we gotta walk like Jesus, and how did Jesus walk? He walked in relationship with his Father. I want you to have hope that prayer is way more exciting than just 
I want you to have hope that prayer is not just us reading our big long laundry list to God. How many know he knows what we need before we ask him? Prayer is not just bringing all the bad, grumpy stuff that we're going through, although we bring our requests, but prayer is is a lifeline for the believer to have constant relationship with God. That's a better definition, isn't it? In fact, prayer most of the time isn't even audible. It's a posture of our heart to check in, to see what he's doing, hear what he's saying, reflecting upon what we read or received in our devotions or the message or the psalm that's on Caleb or what you saw when you saw the bird who wasn't storing away in a barn. You're like, man, God provides for them. Surely he could provide for me. Or when you drive by the, the mountain covered with mustard and to thank God, you sure seem to really care about the little details that I could see something of beauty as I'm driving on the 101. You see, the prayer is not it's an entire way to relate to God through relationship. And isn't it significant that the disciples, remember we're talking about disciples, students, those who are following, who are learning an entirely new way of life. They're not just praying a prayer and then living like they want to and then someday hope when they did enough good stuff that when they come to see St. Peter at the gate, they're like, hey, I'm in, right? That's not even a Bible vision, but many of us, in the, we think that way. Come on, you know I'm right, so many. He's like, no, 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 I want you to know I'm really serious about you being my student, my follower. So it's significant, back to the point, rabbit trail. <laughs> Jesus' disciples never asked, how do you preach? They never asked Jesus, teach us to preach. They never asked Jesus, these are his students. They never asked Jesus, teach us to heal. They asked why they couldn't heal, not teach us, for the record, Matthew 17, I know. The one thing they asked Jesus in all of his ministry, you think, man, I would have asked them a ton of questions about the how-tos, but the one thing they asked Jesus in Luke 11 is teach us to pray. And I have to believe I come to some sort of connection conclusion that when they saw his lifestyle, when they saw the authority of his teaching, his authority over the winds and the waves, that their logical conclusion was not just that he was a great articulator or he was a great miracle worker, but man, there must have been some, something about how he connected in, with his father, with the resources that his father had readily available to him, that they're like, man, we want to know how you can know God like you know him because he has to be the reason you're able to do all that you do. And if you need a Bible chapter and verse for that, just read John 17, 9 through 10. You'll see it. Everything I have, everything I do, Father, comes from you. Jesus says it himself. So the one thing the students asked the teacher while he walked with them in the flesh was, you got to teach us how to pray like you pray. Your whole life is a prayer, Jesus. We're always getting up early. You're always staying up late. You're always saying we got to go to the next town when we could have set up a huge church, but you're just following your father. Teach us to pray. And how many know that he gave us a prayer that I have to believe was a template, a model that guided all of his own praying, which his whole life was a lifestyle of prayer. Amen? Can you buy it? Are we all tracking? This is basic training. Basic training 101, relationship via prayer. Relationship via constant communication, dialogue, listening. Prayer. So let's read this beautiful prayer that Jesus gave his disciples and he gave us because we're students. Anyone students out there? You want to follow your, he's the teacher. I love this. Let's read this together. This then is how you should pray. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. How many have ever heard that prayer before? If you're taking notes, this next part's really important. I'm gonna make some comments just about this prayer. But please do not just hear Chad's preaching a sermon from Matthew 6, 9 through 13. I want you to wait when the Spirit whispers and he gives you insight on how you can have a relationship with God like Jesus just gave us in this little prayer. I want you to pull out those points that the Spirit stirs in your heart to think, man, I could probably implement that in my life on how to pray and how to walk with God. And so I'm just gonna walk us through this prayer with some simple points in hopes that you can grab a hold of this thing and you could do it everywhere, anywhere, with anyone. Fair enough? So what do we learn from this prayer? Remember, it's the only thing the students ever ask their teacher to teach them. How do we pray? Number one, super important. As students of Jesus, all prayer must come out of a place of relationship. Chad, that's not very profound. Four verses earlier, Jesus tells them, there's so many people that think it's about praying a lot of words, praying all the names of God, praying and Jesus says, don't be like the pagans. They think they're heard because of their many words. I tell you the truth, do not be like them because your father already knows everything. And then he says, this is how you should pray. All of those who think they need to pray by performance, those who think they need to pray by a certain formula, a certain time, a certain posture, a certain string of words or thoughts, Flat out, number one, Jesus is saying, you wanna know the secret of how to pray? Pray out of a place of relationship. Our Father, our Father. How many know when you talk to a friend, it's, there's something different when there's dialogue and listening and a give and take when it's a friend, someone you've done life with and you love than a total stranger. Come on, help me out, just say amen or something. I talk to him different. There's a history. There's a relationship. There's something. There's a. And did you know that when you put your faith in Jesus as the teacher and Lord, the very first thing scripture tells us that happens in your heart, you can write it down for later study in Galatians 4 and in Romans 8. The first thing that the spirit does when he comes and he gives us a brand new heart is he creates a cry on our lips, and it's, Father. It's the first thing, Galatians 4, 4 through 7. Father. Jesus is saying, guys, 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 I want you to know no one could approach him because he's holy and you aren't, but I am the mediator. I'm the one who's the go-between. Now through me, you have access to a relationship with the God of the universe. You can even call him Father. And Jesus is saying, all the prayer that I pray, it's not out of a place of I'm trying to get his affection, I'm not trying to get his desire, I'm not trying to, I am praying out of a place of a deep well of eternal relationship, and guys, I'm making that available to you through me. 
It's not a, it's not a, it's a framework. This prayer is not legalistic. It's not the only way you can pray our Father in heaven. It's a framework to have powerful prayer and relationship. Number two, so pray out of relationship. Number two, pray out of God's perspective and not your own. This is a big one. How many know when you're going through something, all you can see is what you're going through? Come on, that was a good point. When you're blinded by your sin or your bondage or your brokenness and you don't know which way is up, if you're praying from your perspective, how many know you are not seeing a full picture? And so he tells us, our Father in heaven. And why is that significant? Not because heaven's so much higher, because God's dominion, God's domain, God's reign is not only over all things, but it is greater than all things. So when we pray, our Father, out of relationship, because we know him, we have direct access to him, he calls us his children, 1 John 3, 1. We pray out of relationship, and then out of that relationship, we begin to learn what his perspective is, and we understand that he is overall and greater than all. Out of this place, listen, this is good, then we pray with a God focus. We pray with a God focus. Jesus, so far in the prayer, he's teaching us. This is where many of us, and it's, it's just our own immaturity, and God has so much patience with us in Christ, so do not feel condemned, because we're all learning. We're all, there's no experts in this room, I promise you. Pray out of relationship. Pray out of his perspective, not your own, and then pray with a God focus, and here's what I mean. Almost all of our problems, and you can test this, usually arise, or at least their effect on us is because we forget who God is, where God is, and we forget his character, his nature, his kingdom, his will. And so our problems get this huge blown out of proportion because we suffer from spiritual amnesia. Anyone? And so Jesus is saying, guys, when you pray and how you relate to God, he's your father. And he's in heaven, so he's over all and greater all and through all, so you don't got to worry about whatever you're facing. And then it's Holy is your name. Prayer is about worship. How many know God knows his name is holy, but it moves his heart when we come into alignment and declare his nature and character back to him? How many know he knows that he is holy and good and righteous, but how many know that I love and you love when your sons and daughters tell you things that that you already know, but out of sheer affection for you, it moves your heart? Did that make sense? That was a fast sentence. How much more so our heavenly father when we say holy is your name, father. Your character, you are radiant, you are holy, you are good. Your kingdom come, look at this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus so far, this whole three, the whole first third of the prayer, he's not even gotten to us yet. It's all about the father. Are you tracking with me? How many know our prayer lives and our walk with God would revolutionize if we would get our eyes off of our own needs and we'd start getting them on the one who already knows all of our needs? And so Jesus is training us and his disciples, guys, pray out of relationship. Pray with my perspective and pray with a God focus, not a self focus. How many know we're students so we've got a long way to go? Your needs are coming. They're coming with the daily bread and the trespasses, but they're not there yet. Now here, one one author says this, God doesn't really care if you come through the front door or the back door, he just wants you in the house. N.T. Wright said that, brilliant, on the Lord's Prayer. He just wants you there. So he'll deal with our little missteps and our immaturity, but there is a progression that Jesus is trying to teach his students here. 
Guys, if you'd get consumed with my thoughts, my kingdom, my character, my perspective and relationship with me, I'm telling you, a lot of those things you came all hustled and bustled about might just work themselves out when you realize who you are and who I am. Your kingdom come. Your agenda, your will on earth. Keep going. We're supposed to pray with expectation. I like this one. Give us today our daily bread. How many know that God is not only present today, but God has provision today? Come on, someone's got to believe that today. God is not just present. Remember, he goes on to say in the same chapter of Matthew 6, don't worry about, but man, I just got grace and it's fresh grace for today. You don't got to worry about tomorrow. You don't got to worry about tomorrow's bread. I want you to trust me. I want you to pray with expectation that I'm faithfully present today and I've got all that you need today. Amen. Come on, somebody. So we're to pray. He's saying pray with expectation. You have to believe that Jesus believed that when he prayed and he spoke and then he listened and it was about his father's focus, perspective, will, and agenda before he ever went to himself. Still, he knew that when the father heard him, he knew he could live in light and expect that God would provide all that he needed to do. So pray with expectation. I love this. Next one. God cares about what we go through. So he tells us, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. So I wrote it like this. He wants us to pray for our relationships. How many know maybe our lives would look revolutionarily different if we stopped talking about all of our problems and we just started going to God with what we're going through? Anyone know that our lives might look a little different? I got four or five, but I'm telling you, they'll look a lot different if I would begin to pray about my relationships, not only my own uh, funkiness and baggage and junk, but that, man, if we just started going to God and not so much each other, man, God might actually have some, something to work with and work in and work through. So Jesus is going on to say that pray out of relationship, pray from my perspective, pray out of my God focus, pray with expectation. And now he's saying, and by the way, pray for your relationships because I really care about all of them. I care about my relationship with you, son or daughter, and I care about your relationships with your sons and daughters and friends and brothers and mommies and daddies. So guys, bring them to me in prayer. Talk to me about them and then listen and see what I have to say from my perspective. I love this. Pray for God's guidance. Anyone need guidance? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus is giving us a template on how to walk like he walked through prayer. How many know that God has provided a way out of every single test and temptation you will face for your whole life? How many believe that, but how many want to believe it? No temptation has seized you except for that which is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but he will provide a way out of every single temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Lead us not. How many know you can actually pray for power and help and whenever you're tempted or tested, you don't have to be a victim to what you feel like your flesh wants, but you can actually receive power and guidance from God if you go there first. Ooh, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. He tempted you to, and your flesh came into agreement with temptation. But I want you to know, Jesus is giving us a template, basic training to be his students, to walk with them all the time. That there's a way out. There's hope. 
there's provision. And then not only is there hope and power in temptation, but he's got power over the enemy, the tempter. I like that one. Greater is the one who is in you than who is in the world. First John 4, 4. Pray out of relationship in summary. Guys, it's all about relationship. I mean, that's like 101 stuff, but I just think it's 101, 201, 501, 801. It's always going to be about relationship, knowing God, him knowing us, and just walking with him, with a few other people, and then inviting others to do the same. Are you tracking with me? So pray out of relationship. In summary, God loves you. God wants a relationship with you. God wants a relationship with you, not for a few hours sprinkled here or there, but constantly he wants to walk with you. Pray out of God's perspective, realize no matter what you're facing, he's over it and he's greater than it. Pray with a God focus, not a self focus. He already knows what you need, but your problem isn't just what you need. Your problem is you need to walk and see who he is. His kingdom come, his will be done, where? On the earth, so you better pray with expectation because I cannot wait to answer that prayer that's focused on me and not yourself. I can't wait to show up big in your life if you realize, man, your problem isn't, mm, you gotta figure it out. I've got all the solutions, provision, power, everything you need if you look to me. And I wanna walk with you, help you, pray with expectation. Man, pray about your relationships, vertical, you and God's relationship, and you and your neighbor, your friend, your wife, your spouse, your friend, your coworker, your Talk to me all the time about him, Jesus is saying. This is how you're supposed to pray. Just talk to me. Listen. I got insight. I'm your teacher. And I've sent my spirit to be in you. It's not about going to a location or a building. Man, it's about just turning your heart to me all day, every day. Just walk with me. Pray for guidance. Lead us not. And expect God's power. He's got power. Come on, somebody. He's got power. I... Man, power, you can manipulate, but I'm telling you, I want the kind of power he's got. His power doesn't come to coerce or manipulate. It comes to empower us to walk like our teacher, Jesus. So some prayer basics in closing. I love this. <sighs> Through Christ, we have access to God. This doesn't seem like a big deal to us 2,000 years later, but I'm telling you, for thousands of years, they couldn't have said that. It was about one day a year and one day and one guy only, and he had to go with bulls and goats and all this blood stuff. And I want you to know that Christ has made access to God a 24-7 invitational reality. Access. We can approach God with freedom and with confidence, with boldness, through Jesus so that prayer, a lifestyle of being a student who's constantly looking to their teacher, is possible now, today, in this room and in this world. In Christ, not only do we have access, but we have an advocate with God. How many know that Jesus was a fully, fully human, so he understood? He, he's been through every test that we've been through, but he got an A on all of it. <sighs> so he can help us. We have an advocate, someone who's up there with the Father at his right hand going, I know they're weak, Papa, but they're your kids just like I'm your kid. So we, we got this. We can help them. We have an advocate. We've got a champion in heaven for those who've set their hearts to be his students. He's up there going, man, you guys are doing so good. And just know I'm your greatest fan, greatest cheerleader all the time. 
man, I'm your teacher. You're my students. And I, man, I'm your advocate. I can understand all your weaknesses and that you are, you are short sight folk, you're short sighted focus and you, but just keep coming to me. I'm your teacher and I'm your champion. I'm the one that's at the right hand of the father going, man, they've got this. They've got this. Everything we need is found in him. All right, that's the point number three. How many know that God in Christ has made every spiritual blessing available? Everything you need to walk with God is available in Christ. Everything. He's given us everything. So basic training number one. We're disciples. Those of you who put your trust in Jesus, you may have just wanted to put Christian and then that's good. Put your, no, I'm telling you, he's calling you to follow him. He's calling you to follow him. We've been talking about it all week, so this is review. Maybe you all know all this. And one of the primary ways we follow him is by having constant dialogue and conversation with him. Prayer, listening, reading, reflecting. What does he think? What does he feel? What's his kingdom here? What's his agenda? We have access and advocate and all that we need. This is a great verse, maybe a memory verse, and maybe I could challenge all of us every week to memorize a little chunk of scripture. If you would, read this with me. It's a wonderful, wonderful passage from Philippians chapter four, verses four through seven. It has a great paradigm for prayer in it as well, so you can reflect on it later. One, two, three, go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is where? The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's, that's pretty good, man. <laughs> So what could you tweet? What could you Facebook? What could you walk away with if your waiter asked you what you just did for an hour and a half? Because I don't want to, I'm not trying to just give you ideas. I'm trying to, this is basic training. Maybe it would be this. It's all about relationship. All the time. Maybe it's this. Maybe Jesus is our teacher. I'm his student. I'm always in class and he's the curriculum. Are these good enough? That Jesus gave us a template, not a formula, not a formula, but he gave us a template, a framework for how prayer, when it's rightly oriented with a God focus and a God perspective and God's agenda and God's character and God's kingdom and God's will, that when I get that figured out and I start walking in that, man, he's, I can walk and trust that he's going to provide for me. He's got power and help in my trials and temptations. And that maybe it's this. Did you know that you too can have a relationship with God through Jesus? <laughs> That's it. 101. It's about relationship. So would you bow your heads with me? I want to pray with you. Thank you for being such good students today. It's just about Jesus. And he's training us, teaching us how to walk with him moment by moment. Lord, as we close, I pray that we would be living manifestations of your presence in this world. We really do, when people see us, 
or hear us, they would think, man, they must have a really good teacher. And his name is Jesus. Father, I thank you that you have made a relationship available to every single person in this room and in this world through your son, Jesus. And we thank you that you've given us this little all-encompassing thing called prayer, dialogue, friendship, listening and speaking. And that you've given us the scriptures that have tons of prayers in them so when we don't know how, we can find them there and let them be our guide. Thank you, Lord, that in this room, there's some who've been walking with you a long time. That, Lord, you want to connect those who've been walking a long time with those who are newbies. And, Lord, you want to connect newbies who have a fresh fire and passion with those who've been walking with you a long time so that the fire goes both ways and the encouragement goes both ways. God, we say yes to being your students. You're an amazing teacher. And this week, we're going to reflect and think about how to grow in our all-of-life posture of prayer. You're our Father who's in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And how many would say, I believe he will answer that prayer? Come on, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.